Welcome back to another episode of Ramiumptum Ruminations. My name is Scott and I'm the host. Today's episode is called One Year Later. That's a SpongeBob reference. <laughs> Thanks for coming back to another episode. The uh, format of this one, again, like last week, is going to be a little different. This one, I'm just going to talk about myself a little bit. I'm going to talk about the podcast and some of my motivation for it. And hopefully, uh, you guys will get to know me a little bit better. Right off the bat, it has been a wild year uh, podcasting. I kind of jumped right past the 50 episodes milestone. Honestly, didn't give it any thought because I was coming right up on the the one year mark, but not only did I burn past the 50 episode mark, I cruised right on through my one year mark. I said at the very end of the last episode, the reason that I did that is I had some really important interviews. I decided to release the Brian Harris interviews and then um, the chat with RFM. Um, and they kind of all just happened right around my one year mark. So, uh, this episode was originally, I was originally going to post this in the middle of June when I hit that one year of podcasting mark. It is crazy to me that I've been doing this for a year. On one hand, it's been a lot of work. Looking back, it just kind of feels like I've just been going, you know, head down and uh, just doing my own thing. I typically do this in my office on my free time um, after having spent all day thinking about what I want to say while I'm driving for work and such. So before I kick into this, I'll introduce myself a little bit. And I, I don't think I have done that yet in the podcast. My name is Scott Dyer. I'm from the Pacific Northwest. I was born in the mid 80s, lived um, as an active believing member for 30 years, served a mission for the church in Chile, Concepcion Sur, from 2006 to 2008. Although throughout my whole time in the church, I considered myself to be a very active and believing member. Looking back on it now, I have a slightly different perspective. But as I got older, my belief was more and more nuanced with each passing year. I'm a father of three kids. They're all very young still. I'm in my mid-30s now. So my, my kids range from nine all the way down to two. So life in my house is quite busy, but it's fun. For me, it's a very stressful time to be a parent. I won't dig into too much about my emotions on the subject, but uh, I struggled with my older kids because I was going through quite a bit of depression and, uh, as I've mentioned before, some suicidal ideation. So this third child that we have has been a very healing experience for me to raise a kid while not having such a, a thick shroud of darkness over me and over the way that I saw the world. Father of three kids, 
They're all named for different deities from the ancient world. I'm coming up on my 13th year of marriage pretty quick here. And so those are just some some of the basic things about me. I figured I would I would share those right off the bat just so that uh, you as the listener could get to know me a little bit better. Coming up on one year doing this and I haven't really told anybody much about myself yet. I do want to say one thing. I have been doing this for a year, but I haven't posted any ex-Mormon content on any of my personal social media pages. There are so many people that I love who cherish the church and who value its teachings and value what it adds to their life. And while I hold a different view and disagree with it, the purpose of my podcast isn't to rock the boat. It's not really my personality to be that type of a person. So I I actually somehow, <laughs> one year later, none of my believing family or friends know that I'm doing this podcast. And I'd like to keep it that way as long as possible. Part of my motive for that is I think it would be really funny for my believing friends and family to find out that I do this and there be 200 plus episodes out. (laughs) I just think that would be pretty funny. So the format of today's episode is going to be a bit of a Q and a, I had a number of listeners reach out with some questions that they wanted me to answer. And so I will read some of the questions and uh, give some answers. And hopefully after this episode, you guys might get to know me a little bit better. This first one is a question I've gotten a couple of times and I just haven't answered it yet. On occasion, I have expressed that I consider myself to be a spiritual person, although I don't identify with any world religion. I do read the scriptures and the the holy texts of a variety of different faith traditions, because I think there's value to be found within the mythology and the, the storytelling in these traditions. So a few listeners reached out to ask me what exactly it is that I believe. Uh, to answer this, I'll answer it in two parts. I'll answer the question of how I would uh, look at an afterlife and how I would understand a higher power. I identify as an agnostic atheist, but those are just words that don't mean a lot. It means that I'm undecided about God. That's about all that it says. I wouldn't say that I'm opposed to the idea of a deity. I don't have a problem with with the existence of a higher power. Where I would disagree with world religions today is that the types of deities and gods that are presented by religion don't seem to match up with reality for me. So I don't believe that any of them are it. But I'm not opposed to the idea that a higher power exists. Maybe this is going to go a little bit out there. But if a higher power exists... I don't think that it looks like anything that I've ever been presented with. Perhaps it exists outside of the known universe. Perhaps he, she, or they are greater than our universe or bigger than it or just beyond our comprehension. 
Now, I recognize that H.P. Lovecraft was a racist, but I like the way he presented the Elder Gods as unknowable. They're so beyond our comprehension that in our existence on this planet, we just can't even comprehend them. If God exists, I don't think that we can understand it properly because it's not of our world. The question, does God exist or what is God? It feels unanswerable to me. The second question that I, that I will answer on this, this uh, whole subject of does God exist is, I do believe in an afterlife. <laughs> Before you start shaking your head or, or thinking that I've jumped into the deep end, hear me out for just a moment. The way I look at the afterlife is on a cosmic scale. When I understand myself and what I am, there's different elements that make me up. And my consciousness is only part of me. I think that our consciousness will end, but everything else that's part of me will continue to exist. But not only that, but that every other part of me has always existed. Not that there's a spirit inside of me, but the elements, the matter, all of the tiniest particles that make up my body have always existed since the Big Bang, and they will continue to exist even until the last sun in our galaxy has lost all of its light and burned out and gone dark. The elements inside of my body will continue to exist. One of the Buddhist philosophies that I really latch on to is this idea that the world around us is, is in a constant state of change. And I don't think that my body is any different than that. To look at it differently is to take it out, out of context of the world around us. So do I believe in an afterlife? Of course. My body will be interred or planted underneath a tree. And then the elements inside of me will be used to as nutrients for more life. My life will continue on through the various systems around the planet. I don't look at myself as, as an individual. I look at myself as a tiny part of this whole organism that is our planet. A self-aware, tiny piece of a huge organism. And after my consciousness fades, this organism, this planet, will continue to use the elements in my body in a variety of different ways. So a listener asked why I got into podcasting or what my motive is for doing this show, Rami Umptum Ruminations. I think I mentioned it briefly on my interview with 21st Century Saints. As I was deconstructing Mormonism and religion, my wife and I had a number of really deep conversations on the subjects. And it was something that I wanted to discuss with regularity, but my wife only wanted to talk about it occasionally. And so there was this disparity in, in how much focus that each of us wanted to put on these subjects. And it came to a point where she told me that she just didn't want to talk about it anymore for a while. 
And I felt like I was going to explode because I just had so much that I wanted to say and so much that I wanted to digest and think about. I already had all of the equipment for doing a podcast because I, I do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast with uh, a couple of my friends. It's called 12-Sided Guys. You should go check it out. It's amazing. We have so much fun. So I had all of the equipment and it just the idea just came to me that if I couldn't talk to my wife, I could just do it as a podcast. I didn't know that I would actually have anybody listening to me. At that point, I hadn't, I hadn't gotten in touch with Bill Real yet to become part of this brand. I'd had a name and I'd recorded a couple of episodes, but I didn't really do anything with them other than share them with a few of my ex-Mormon friends. I reached out to Bill to ask him some tips on getting started, and he offered me the opportunity to come and podcast under his brand. And I have been doing that for a year now. At first, I thought that I would just run out of ideas and just stop having things to talk about. <laughs> but that hasn't happened yet, so I'll let you know if it does. <laughs> I had a listener, uh, Kimberly. Uh, she said that the theme music that I use for the intro and the outro is great, and she wondered how I selected it or developed it. And this was this was kind of an easy process. It wasn't um, wasn't too complicated. I had in mind kind of the feel of the song that I wanted. Um, I didn't pay anybody to write this. I just went to um, a website called Audio Jungle where they sell the rights to different songs. And I spent a couple of hours browsing some music that kind of matched the tone that I wanted until I found one that I could use a um, a good intro and outro clip. And so then. I got the rights to it. I paid for, you know, the the license to to use the music. But then I took it into my um Adobe Audition and I tweaked it a little bit, changed the volume on some spots and and uh slowed it down just a little bit to kind of match the tone that I that I wanted it to be even better. So, that's how I found that one. Not opposed to changing it down the road, but um I like I like the feel of it for now. So, it's it's going to stick so I'll stick with this one for, for now. I had a listener named Brock ask if I've ever considered podcasting in Spanish. I've mentioned a couple of times that I served my mission for the church in a Spanish-speaking country. I still speak, although probably not very good at it anymore. It's something that I think would be interesting and is needed in the community one of my close friends is um, from Mexico. He has expressed to me on a couple of occasions that there really isn't any content catered towards a Spanish-speaking audience, which I think is ironic because a large percentage of the church is from Latin America. While speaking with uh, Brock, he has expressed that he's actually going to start one in Spanish. And we have chatted and I will do um, a handful of episodes with him, maybe some in Spanish and some in English, to reach out to this audience that is um, underserved in the podcasting community. Look for those down the road. I will post a handful of episodes in Spanish after I, after I work with Brock on these interviews. I had one listener reach out, not to ask a question. Uh, this listener said, I don't have a question for you. I just want to buy you lunch. I don't live in Utah or in the Mormon bubble. 
I live in the Pacific Northwest in Portland, Oregon. So lunch might be a little bit difficult. But that being said, I don't make it out to Utah very often. But this September, I will be at the Fan Expo in Salt Lake. I've mentioned a couple of times I'm part of another podcast where it's a, an actual play D&D podcast called 12-Sided Guys. We actually are going to have a booth at Fan X in Salt Lake City, uh, September 22nd, through 22nd to the 24th. I'm not going to actually be in our booth all three days. I will only be there Saturday, September 24th. I'm flying in on Friday, and then I'll fly back out on Sunday. While I'm there for my D&D podcast, if anyone's interested, maybe reach out. We can set up a, you know, a dinner event or you know, go out for drinks or karaoke or something. But let me know and we can get something scheduled. As I said, I don't make it out to Utah very often, but I actually, but I will be there later this year. And for those that are listening to this out in the future, that is September of 2022. One listener asked me who my favorite author was. And um, I've mentioned, I mentioned that I, I really enjoy reading. I enjoy good books, good stories, movies, etc. And so I'll, I'll answer the who, who my favorite author is question in two parts. I'll, I'll, uh, I know this might be cheating, but I'll break it into deceased and living. So my favorite author who has passed away would be Ernest Hemingway. I've read almost everything that he's written. I haven't gotten through all of the short stories, but th those ones are really good too. But I've read every, all of his novels. I love the way that he writes, processes, and presents his stories. For me, they're very emotionally compelling. Then my favorite living author is Cormac McCarthy. If you're not familiar with him, you've probably seen some movies based on the books that he's written. He wrote No Country for Old Men and The Road and All the Pretty Horses. His writing style is fascinating. It's gritty and the way he weaves such rich emotions into these gritty stories is just powerful. I was first introduced to him uh, through the book The Road and then I just devoured as much as I could from him. He actually is releasing a new book this year, if I'm not mistaken. It's called The Passenger. I don't know anything about that one yet, but I'll, I'll pick it up later this year. The subjects that I cover here in this podcast are all religiously centered. Um, sometimes I incorporate my other hobbies and interests as they align with um, Mormonism or religious deconstruction. I don't spend all of my time or even most of my time thinking about religion. I juggle hobbies quite a bit. And uh, another listener reached out, and I thought this was a, would be a fun one to share. Uh, this this listener, Craig, said, I just, I just started listening to your podcast because of the RFM interview. I was listening to your episode about church-assigned friendships. It's interesting. Our war boundaries changed, and the people we thought we were close to, who were no further away now than they were before, never darkened our door again. So I knew that those friendships were surface level before my faith deconstruction. He continued on and he said, I've been delving, in, delving into other podcasts for years and I'm really enjoying it. 
I too am married to a believing spouse, and one of my biggest issues with the Exmo community is the lack of nuance and compassion for believing members. I see descriptions of members that I don't recognize in people like my wife. My wife is someone who represents what I wish all Mormons were like. Your example in the Good Ship Zion of showing the same respect for believing members that one would for a Jewish or Muslim believer was something I've been saying for years. And I, I agree completely with this listener. This was part of the, the motive for the tone that I set in my episodes, where I try and allow space for a believer to come to the table. And interestingly, I do have a number of believers that have reached out and I've had conversations with them about the episodes that I've put out and, and they come to the table from their believing lens. It's been fascinating to interact with, with multiple people from the, from the believing perspective on the subjects that I cover, because many of them, the conclusion doesn't have to be that the church isn't true. And the conclusion doesn't have to be that, you know, you need to, to denounce your faith and change your whole lifestyle. I think oftentimes with the the things that I bring up for a believer, the conclusion doesn't have to lead to less faith. It would just be a change in their faith or perhaps a different approach to their faith. And that's the space that I try and come to the table uh, with my spouse and the way we're raising our kids where she's a believer and I am a non-believer. We're raising them in a way that we hope to teach them to allow space for anyone to hold their beliefs. I think the exception that we would put on this is to, um, as long as these beliefs don't cause harm to other people in the world. So I'll also echo what this listener Craig has said about his spouse with, with my own wife. She is a wonderful example of a believer that allows space for other people to live their lives um, however makes them happy. The way that she practices her faith is the way that I, as an agnostic atheist, would envision a much better version of Christianity. And I respect her for that. And, and I hold space for her to have those beliefs and those values. That doesn't mean it isn't hard. That doesn't mean that she and I don't have disagreements about it. But we both try to come to the table with compassion. And, and I have tried to implement that same compassion in the way I approach this podcast. So I know I've gotten an influx of new listeners from the last couple of weeks, both with my chats with RFM on Under the Banner of Heaven and then also on Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. But then also I've got an infusion of new listeners because of my interviews with Brian Harris. All of these episodes for the last five or six weeks have been phenomenal. They have been so much fun to produce and to, um, and to publish, interacting with the listeners on the various um, website on YouTube and on Facebook has been a lot of fun for me. That's one of my favorite parts about doing this is getting to interact with the listeners. The, for those that are new, this episode is a little bit more similar to what my typical content is, where I just, it's just me, you know, uh, a talking head <laughs> spouting off my thoughts and my ideas, sometimes just my questions and my ruminations on a subject. 
I do have some some great stuff coming up. I just re I just recorded the next part of the No Man Knows My History review with Julia from Analyzing Mormonism. So that'll come out in a week or two. I've got a lot more to cover. There's a lot of fun stuff coming down the road. I know I keep mentioning it. I think I mentioned that I was working on some on this back in December, but I've I've got a series on the devil that I want to produce or that I want to put together. I've been reading a couple of books about the theology around him and how it evolved. So those ones are going to be a lot of fun. What I'll typically do, again, this is just for the listeners that, are, that might be new to the podcast after some of the my recent episodes, what I'll typically do is I'll present a problem or I'll present a situation, talk about a subject, and then do um, an episode or two of follow-up about some of the implications of what we learned from the um, first or second parts. Um, I do plan on doing something similar with my on the subject of the interviews with Brian Harris. I want to talk about what implications these surveys have on the subject of revelation or um, maybe more specifically what the church teaches about revelation in contrast to the way it works behind the scenes i think there's a lot of a lot of stuff that could go that goes into that lots of good content coming down the road if this is content that you enjoy i would greatly appreciate you sending a like subscribing to it on whatever whatever feed you're listening to it share it with a friend and reach out to me. Let me know what you think. Wherever you find yourself out there today, taking a nap on a, on a warm afternoon in the sun, watching the stars in the evening. We actually, I know it wasn't a big meteor shower, but we went camping over the weekend with some friends and the Pegasid meteor shower was going on. Again, it's not a really big one, but I did see one shooting star. Anyway, so if you find yourself out there looking at the stars, wherever you are. I hope that you have an excellent day.